on this time. We're going to continue our study of Acts. If you want to turn to Acts chapter 13. What do you think of when you, when I say the word spiritual warfare? Spiritual warfare. We probably, it, it, we don't deny that it's there, right? We, we understand spiritual warfare. We, we don't deny it's there, but we, we tend to avoid it rather than engage. We tend to avoid all, uh, all spiritual warfare and just, just think, well, if I don't engage, maybe, maybe the, the enemy will leave me alone. But taking the gospel to the world is an act of war. It's an act of spiritual warfare. And so we are going to face resistance with it. And we're going to see that in, in our study this morning. In fact, we've already seen it. We've seen spiritual warfare in this first church, in the book of Acts. How many times has Peter been jailed? He's been in prison three times so far. Spiritual warfare. We've seen internal conflict. We've seen that, that, that first that they were in conflict, this church had this conflict about the, uh, the Hellenistic uh, mothers not being in the, in the daily distribution of food. Spiritual warfare. Then we've seen in the past, from about chapter 10 on, since Peter and Cornelius have their get-together, and, and Cornelius and a bunch of gen- Gentiles come to faith in Christ and are given the, the Holy Spirit, now we have the internal conflict in the church of those that think that the gospel is only for the Jews and those that, that, that say, no, it's for everybody, so we take it to the Gentiles. Spiritual warfare. And so we see it in the early church, and, and we're going to see it really confronted today with Saul and Barnabas. So let's read Acts chapter 13, starting in verse 4, and it is up here behind me. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Arriving in Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. They also had John as their assistant. So John Mark has gone along here. When they had traveled the whole island as far as Paphos, they came across a sorcerer, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, that's the meaning of his name, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at Elimus and said, You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil and enemy of all that is right. Won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the Lord's hand is against you. You are going to go blind and will not see the sun for a time. Immediately a mist and darkness fell on him, and, went, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then when, when he saw what happened, the proconsul believed because he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So, let's kind of work our way through this. The first and most important point, perhaps, is that verse 4 tells us Paul and Barnabas are sent by the Holy Spirit. Sent by the Holy Spirit. There are, the, someone once said that there are two types of missionaries, the ones that were sent and the ones that went. We want to be the ones that are sent. We want to be the ones that, are, that 
that are full of the Holy Spirit, sent by the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be the ones that just go along. We need to engage. And, and, and so we're sent by the Holy Spirit. I, you've heard me say many times from this platform, every single one of you are commissioned missionaries of God. Christ has commissioned you as missionaries. You are, you are the missionary that God has sent to your workplace, to your neighborhood, to the places you shop, to the places you eat. You are God's chosen missionary for these places. That's being sent. But we don't want to. We, we saw when, when, we, uh, when we looked at Peter and how the chains fell off and the prison doors opened and the gates opened, he waited for God to open all those doors. We don't want to try and kick down a door God hasn't opened yet. So we wait on the Lord. We are sent by the Lord. That, in fact, we see right here, we see Saul and, and, and Barnabas are sent, and John Mark went. John Mark went along. John Mark quits and goes home. Saul and Barnabas continue this missionary journey. They were sent. So the first point, I guess, I want you to see is that they were sent by the Holy Spirit. Now, Saul and Barnabas go to the area of Cyprus. Now, Cyprus is Barnabas' hometown. And the first place they go is to a Jewish synagogue. That's kind of Paul's hometown, isn't it? That's, Paul grew up a Pharisee. Paul was trained as a Pharisee. So, so the synagogue is kind of his home turf. So they go, and you know, as we study Paul, if you look through his missionary journeys, he does this often. He first goes to the synagogue. <coughs> he goes where, where there's always going to be an open door for him. He goes where there's quite likely other believers there. Because remember, at that time, most, of your, most believers in Christ even continued to do synagogue. So he goes where there's, where there's comfortable home turf. Now, he doesn't stay in his comfort zone. He goes on from there. But the first place he goes is to be with the people of God. He goes to the synagogue first. And, and they leave the synagogue, and they go to... Paphos, which is, uh, Salamis is a busy port city. Paphos is the, is the capital city of Cyprus. And, and that's where they go from the Jewish synagogues. And that's where they see, they, they start to face the opposition. And we see the opposition, the, the, the enemy that they're facing in spreading the gospel. Paphos, we need to understand first the environment here. Paphos was a place where there was a, a temple to the goddess Venus, and she was worshipped there. Now, the goddess Venus has some pretty strange uh, worship, uh, things to worship her. For instance, every woman in Paphos was expected at, at, at least for at least one day in her lifetime to prostitute herself to anybody who came by and give that money to the temple. That was how worship of the, of the goddess Venus worked. So think about how that affects the culture there. Think about how that affects the, the, the train of thought there. We look at our world and we think it's a terribly immoral place, and it is, but it's not the first time. Paphos was a terrible, immoral city, and, and how that culture affects the way of thinking and, and and, and the way people do things, it affects 
every aspect of it permeates the people there. So the environment is a great environment for the enemy to work, isn't it? Like our world today, like our culture today, a great place for the enemy to work. So in, it's in this environment that, that they meet Bar-Jesus, who, who, which literally means son of salvation. And, and they also call him Elimus, which means magician of Cyprus. Now, he's called a sorcerer. Now, this particular Greek word for a sorcerer usually is used for a Persian person, who a Persian ma magician. Now, Persia is modern-day Iran. So you've got a Persian musician, and now Persia also had some strange, uh, you, you think the, the, the worship of Venus is strange, Persia also had many strange things, and so the, these, these Persian magicians had kind of a, a combination of uh, Greek philosophy and their own spiritualism and, and worship of Venus, and they just kind of combined a lot of stuff, and so... And then he's a magician, he calls him a false prophet, somebody who says that he speaks for God but doesn't. So Bar-Jesus or Elimus is incredibly dangerous to new believers because new believers are going to hear Bar-Jesus say that he's speaking for God and he's not. And they're going to see him do magic tricks that they think are miracles and are not. He's deceptive and and. And so he's dangerous for new believers because he can lead them astray easily. But he runs into Saul or Paul. From here on, we see uh, that in, in verse 9, Saul begins to be called Paul like we know him. And we see Paul confront the sorcerer and the false prophet. Now, again, important note. It says he's filled with the Holy Spirit when he confronts Bar-Jesus or Elimus. Now, this is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is no joke. I'm not telling you it's easy. But if Paul needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit to do this, how much more do we? How much more do we need to rely upon the Holy Spirit for wisdom, for guidance, for discernment, for strength, for endurance? Because spiritual warfare hasn't changed much. Paul even asked this guy, he says, won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? The enemy still works this way. He still perverts the straight paths of the Lord. The straight path of the Lord is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as it can get. But how do we pervert it? Mankind has perverted it over, over the centuries in many ways. We add stuff to it. We add ritual, traditions. We add all kinds of stuff to it. Or we take away some part. The cross is kind of, you know, that, that's, that, that's a bit offensive. So let's take that part out. We weaken it or we add to it. The simple, straight passive of, of the Lord are the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who he is and what he has done. And it's this simple. He was born of a virgin, fully God and fully man lived a sinless life, died a substitutionary death for you and I, rose again on the third day to life and is reigning today. There you go. It doesn't get much more simple than that, does it? 
Yet how many times has the enemy added stuff to that or taken away from that? The enemy still works exactly this way. He still works by perverting the straight paths of the Lord. Consider for a minute who the speaker is here. This is Paul. Does Paul know the rituals and traditions and and laws that have been added to what God said? Paul knows them better than anybody. And he sets them all aside for this simple, straight path of the Lord, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's really that simple. The enemy still works this way. The gospel still works this way as well. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to take away from it. It's the simple gospel, who God is, who Jesus is, and what he's done. Because Satan is still at this game. He still does the same things. He still tries to add or subtract from the simple, straight path of the Lord. And if Paul, of all people, can set aside all the rituals and traditions and laws and regulations... You know, I've said it many times from this platform, but it still holds true. We have allowed Christianity to become defined by what we don't do. We have a list of don'ts. That's not the simple gospel of Jesus Christ, is it? It's not a list of don'ts. You know, think of it in in terms of a marriage. If you're in a marriage, there is kind of rules to that marriage. There's boundaries for that marriage, right? Now, it's not because your wife handed you a a list of rules. These are the things you can't do no more. It's because that's how relationships work. They have boundaries. That's how our relationship with God is. We don't have a list of don'ts and do's. We have the boundaries of a relationship. If we consider our, our relationship with God like a marriage, then we will understand there are things that that harm that relationship so we don't want to do them. And things that promote, that that build that relationship, we want to do those. Not because somebody gave us a list, but because that's how relationships work. Satan still tries to add and subtract to the simple gospel truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. So spiritual warfare today isn't much different. It isn't much different today than it's ever been because the enemy hasn't changed his tactics. He still tries to pervert the simple straight straight path of God. So how do we defeat, how, how do we engage in the spiritual battle? First, be sent, not went. Now what I mean by that is make sure you have the Holy Spirit. Make sure you have the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Don't try and kick down doors that God hasn't opened. Don't go looking for a fight, but take the gospel to the world because every believer is empowered to do that. And look for those whom God has prepared. God prepares the preacher and he prepares the hearer. Look for those he's prepared and engage them. Be sent, not not just went. We also want to look for strength from other believers. We need to harness the strength of other believers. Paul and Barnabas went straight to the synagogue when they got there. You think that's by accident? They went where they can build strength. Here, right here, we have the strength 
of other believers. Harness the power of other believers. Harness the prayer of other believers. And consider the environment. I'll say again, uh, Paphos was an immoral place, but, it, but our, our world is just as immoral, maybe worse. We have a, a really strange combination right now of permissiveness and cancel culture. And I'm not really sure how they come together, but everything's okay except what I don't like, and then I'm going to cancel you. I just don't, I don't understand. How do you wrap your mind around this? Stay with the simple truth of the gospel. Stay with this. How many times did we see the word of God mentioned here? Stay with the word of God. It's counterculture. It is. It isn't. Our, our culture doesn't live by these rules. The, the, our culture doesn't live by the, by the relationship we live by. So stay in the word of God and stay focused on the idea that, that our culture is, is going to be a battle. It's going to be. Because everything we have to say is countercultural. Every time we share the gospel, it is an act of war because it's countercultural. Stay in the Word of God and stay empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then, full of the Holy Spirit, confront the evil. Paul confronts the, the deceiver bar Jesus. You know the truth of the gospel. You know the truth of, of God's word. Stay in that and be filled with the Holy Spirit and confront the evil. Evil doesn't need to go un, uh, just go by the wayside. It needs to be confronted. Paul didn't walk by this guy. This guy was dangerous. He confronted him. And keep the simple truth of God in your mind, in your heart, and in your mouth. The simple truth of God, what God has to say. Take the lesson from Paul here. He, he, di- he, does, not, he does not argue with, uh, with Bar-Jesus based on traditions or rituals or, or any of those things. He says, will you not stop in perverting the simple, straight path of, God, of the Lord? He doesn't, he, we can't confront evil with a bunch of uh, ritual and tradition or a bunch of stuff that man has added to the gospel, confront with the gospel, the truth of God. Are you in a spiritual battle right now? I would, I would venture to say many of us are in a spiritual battle right now. This is what we need to remember. We need the Holy Spirit's power. We need the Holy Spirit's guidance and wisdom and discernment. We need to harness the power of fellow believers. We need to confront the evil with the simple truth of God. And we need the truth of the word of God that confronts our culture, our environment. The gospel is simple. Anyone who believes in Jesus Christ will be saved. Anyone. The simple truth, and I'll say it again, of Jesus being born of a virgin, fully God and fully man, lived a sinless life, died a substitutionary death on a cross for you and for me, for anyone who would believe. Rose again on the third day and is reigning today. The simple truth of the gospel. 
Are you in a spiritual battle right now? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. Do you need the simple truth of the gospel this morning? You need the power of the Holy Spirit for a spiritual battle this morning. Will you take this moment right here and pray? Ask God to fill you with his power. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and, and embolden you to confront the evil. Ask that, that the Holy Spirit guide you to the simple truth of God. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for this spiritual warfare that we see that we can take lessons from. Keep us mindful of being filled with your spirit, of being guided and, and, and given wisdom and discernment of your spirit. Keep us mindful of our environment and how we need the word of God to, to cleanse all of, those, all of that thought process from our minds. Keep us mindful that, that we need to engage and harness the power of other believers. And keep us focused on the simple truth of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.